hello, my friends. Welcome to the Unblock Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jessica Smarrow, and I am super excited for the topic we're talking about today. So thank you for tuning into this episode. We're going to get into some capital T truth today. We're going to explore who we are. This is like the age old question, right? Who am I? For some, reflecting on this question is often met with, um, well, for some, it's met with a sense of certainty. For others, though, it's met with a bit of anxiety. So we're going to dive into this a bit. Like, what does that even mean when we ask that question, who am I? For me, the first memory that pops up is sitting at a yoga retreat, and we were doing this exercise where somebody's whispering in my ear, who are you? Who are you? And I just keep answering and answering and answering until we land on some questions that feel right. So we're going to talk about that today. Who am I? Who are you? It points to one of our most basic needs, our need for identity. When we think about our identity, then we can start thinking about things like what our values are, what we believe, what our what experiences are important to us, what we do in our relationships. The problem for many of us is that our values and beliefs weren't really chosen by us, right? A lot of times we've internalized them from our family of origin or from the dominant culture, and this is where things can get wobbly. If we don't know who we really are because we've been passively or sometimes maybe even forcibly fed our values, beliefs, and experiences, we can start getting into trouble. We don't feel like we know who we are. And if those things don't line up with our inner truth, then things start to feel like it's off track, right? We feel like life is off track. We feel like we're creating an unfulfilled life. And that's where we get, we find ourselves falling into a sense of depression or meaninglessness. So I want you to think about when I, when I'm posing that question, when you saw the title of this episode, who are you? Right, and you started thinking about who am I? Where does your mind first go to define that? For some, it starts with our name, occupation, relationship, roles, maybe a physical description, right? I am Jessica, wife, bonus mom, friend, daughter, sister, life coach, licensed therapist, I'm five feet tall and have brown eyes, so on, right? For others, we can go to characteristics or personality traits. We're loud, playful, energetic, tenacious, loud. Did I did I say that twice? If you know me, you know that that fits. I probably need a 2X on the loud side of things. For others, it gets spiritual, right? Where you start thinking like, I am a spirit having a human experience. Some may define themselves based on context to others, right? Our roles like father, mother, brother, sister, friend, boss, coworker. Some of us define who we are based on our past or our actions or accomplishments or lack thereof, the experiences that we've had. But does this get us closer to answering the questions, who am I? What is my purpose? What is a life that is meaningful to and for me? And here's where our old friend Ramana Maharshi might be helpful. He said, the question, who am I, is not really meant to get an answer. The question, who am I, is meant to dissolve the questioner. Say, what, Ramana? Okay, if you're thinking like, what in the actual hell does that even mean? Stick with me. We're going to dig into this a little. Dissolving the questioner is a matter of letting go of those externally defined identities that we've created, right? Dissolving our identity based on the roles we've taken on. I think of dissolving the questioner also as letting go of 
the belief in a fixed identity, believing that there's just one version of who we are or who we are quote unquote meant to be. And perhaps dissolving the questioner is an opportunity to shift from this idea of who am I to a question that's more sounds like, how do I want to show up in this experience of life? Like, What if our identity is an ongoing process rather than a fixed trait or a fixed set of traits? Imagine leaning into and living into the truth of who we are at, at any given moment, right? Then we start creating a life that's more consistently aligned with our values, with our goals, and this creates a much more fulfilling and meaningful experience. Like, think about empty nesters. That's one of those things that comes to mind. Like, think of how much time, energy, and how much of their values, right? And when they think about how do I value how I spend my time, a lot of that has been wrapped up maybe in their children for the past 18 plus years, right? So if the empty nester is trying to define themselves based on a fixed identity of being a parent, it's going to be very unsettling when that role changes, But again, when the question becomes, how do I want to show up in this experience, there's an evolutionary ongoing process of who we experience ourselves, who we experience ourselves to be as our external and inner. Let me say that again. Trying to figure out what I'm saying here. I think of it as an evolutionary ongoing process of who we experience ourselves to be as our external and internal worlds change, right? Because both of those are changing, sometimes simultaneously, right? And we get to continue to define ourselves as that evolves. So if we embrace the Greek philosopher's words, change is the only constant in life, we might be open to applying that same concept to our personal identity. Interestingly, I find that when I'm willing to lean into that sort of evolutionary change, this this fluidity, the unchanging parts of me, like the actual, what I think of as capital T truths, get a little clearer. So let me share an example. I think of, let me use actually my professional life as an example, right? If I cling to the professional identities as a jail alternatives administrator, a licensed clinician, or a life coach, I might be tempted to hold on to those roles as who I am professionally. But if I allow those to change, right? If if I'm willing to release those roles more easily because I can see that behind the roles, there's a clearer picture of who I am, right? I can get to the truth of of who I am professionally because I can see then that I'm actually somebody who likes to help people professionally. Like I like to be in the helping profession. I like to help others by allowing myself to see beyond their external roles and character traits, such as, you know, the person convicted of a crime or a person with a diagnosed mental illness, etc. I get to see beyond those like roles or perceptions of them to who they really are. And then I get to help reflect that back to them so they can start making decisions on purpose rather than continuing to respond to old programming or beliefs and behaviors that no longer serve them. That's what really sends me. That's what I really embrace in my professional capacity, right? So I can allow there to be change in the roles. Like if I'm an administrator here or I'm a therapist here, I can let that go when I'm more in tune with the truth of who I am behind that. So think about how that applies to various areas in your life, like where you might get stuck on kind of that surface level reflection of who we are. But if we loosen that a little bit, we can see what's the actual truth behind that. 
on the and because when it comes to this idea of who are you on the surface we're asking who am i but really we're asking what am i here for what do i want what is the point of all of this? <laughs> Hopefully we're asking that in a productive way and not sort of in a despairing way. But let's talk about some ways to gain clarity on who we are and the experiences we want to create in our life. I'm going to share five ways here. Um, one key approach is reflection. Reflect on your strengths, limitations, how others experience you and how you show up in the world. Like, what do you like? What do you wear? What do you buy? How do you spend your time? If you literally reflect on this by looking at yourself in the mirror, does who you are match who you see? Like, do your insides match your outsides? Are you spending your time, energy, ideas, and money in the direction of what really matters to you? So one area to kind of get more in tune with who we are is to spend some time in reflection. And then a second is to decide, who is my ideal person, right? And it can be helpful to get to who you want your ideal version of yourself to be by thinking about the people you admire the most. What are they like? How do they act? How do they dress? What do they do? How do they spend their time? What are their traits? Right? Are they courageous, generous, decisive, creative, action-oriented, relentless, successful? Decide, just decide, right? Decide what parts of you, what qualities of you, you want to continue holding on to. Like, are there parts of you when you're reflecting, you, you've just done step one of reflection, are there parts of you that you realize you want to let go of? And are there parts of you that you saw that you want to continue to nurture and grow? Maybe there are some really loud parts that have been prevalent for to your life so far. You're like, now it's time to let those pieces go. I have this quiet whisper that's trying to speak up now. That part of me is feels more in alignment with who I am. I want to grow that part. I think about deadheading and gardening. If I have any gardeners out there, you prune off the dead pieces to allow the healthy parts to grow. We get to be in a constant state of evolution like that, right? We can intentionally decide who and how we want to be today and again today and again today. Like every day we get to decide, right? When we find ourselves in some of those limiting beliefs, like this is how I've always been or I'm destined to be this way right? That's an opportunity to pause and reassess. Our bodies physically re recreate itself at the cellular level constantly. I think I'm probably misquoting here, but I think there's a stat out there. It's like every seven years, like you have an entirely different physical structure. We get to do the same things with our minds, with our thoughts, beliefs, values, and identity. Number three, make aligned choices. This means not making choices out of fear or guessing what others want from us, making choices aligned with who we have decided to be. We just talked about reflecting and deciding. We also want to take aligned action with those decisions, with the decisions we made about who and how we want to live. And then in the fourth step, we get to explore. Like how fun is it to think that one of our main jobs on this planet in these human flesh suits is discovering ourselves. We get to explore our passions, our interests, our curiosity. Like Eric Mikkel Leventhal said, the closer you come to knowing that you alone create the world of your experience, the more vital it becomes for you to discover just who is doing the creating. Okay, Eric, getting profound. We're getting deep. Because what all Eric is saying is that ultimately we are our thoughts. We are what we think about ourselves. So we want to really explore and get intimate with what we think about ourselves, 
what we think about the world, our values, our experiences, and so on, right? Because he's saying the closer you come to knowing that you alone created the world of your experiences, the closer you're going to want to know who that person is creating that world of experience. Yeah. So we create our experiences, we create our perceptions, we create who we are. And ideally, we do so with eyes wide open so we can live on purpose. And the last key approach I would give you today is to develop your social circle. Like, How many times have you heard that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with? I hear my mentors say, if you're the smartest or richest person in your friend group, then you need new friends. Dang. But there is a great deal of value in having friends who bring out the parts in us that we want to facilitate, that we want to grow. So do you have friends who enable your self-limiting beliefs? Or do you have friends who challenge you in the best way, also known as most uncomfortable ways, right? Or maybe you have people who are both. Like I have a couple girlfriends from childhood who I describe, I may have mentioned them on here before, I describe them as equal parts unconditional cheerleaders and professional ass kickers. Like they're my ride or dies for sure. They will do anything I actually need and they're gonna call me out on my BS fast. Also, they have qualities I aspire to. Like one has a fiery passion for life and a mama bear protective love for her people that you do not wanna be on the wrong side of. Right. The other is a walking encyclopedia and she has deep love for social justice. Like we want people like this in our lives. It helps us reflect. It helps reflect back to us what we care about, what's important, and it encourages us to grow into that. Also, it's useful to think about the people in your life around whom you feel the most known. Like think about the people you're around when you feel the most seen. What do you show the people who you feel closest to? That information will provide some insight into who you are. Because listen, here's the thing. Like we know who we are deep down. Deep down, you know. But in order to find what's true, we have to wade through the socialization, the programming, the years of self-denial. And we get to rewrite the story of who we are at any point. We get to decide what we want to make it all mean. Now, this can be tricky if we've spent 90% of our lives outwardly focused, right? Trying to figure out what's expected of us, trying to earn that gold star from them, whoever the them is, you know, those people, they, the they that's constantly judging us, trying to people please and earn approval, affection, attention from others. When other people and external factors are our focus, it's quite difficult to recognize who we are what we want, what we like, and how we want to spend our finite time on this planet. When we don't see or recognize what is going on in our own minds, we can't recognize ourselves. Then we become strangers to ourselves, right? And if we don't know ourselves, then we don't know what sends us. We don't know what flips the light on in our eyes and soul and what gets us on the path of fulfilling our potential or living our life in the way that actually feels like being alive. And so the way out of this dilemma is to turn within, commence the inner journey of discovering. And now you get to trust yourself. You for sure know how. You are the expert on knowing what the inner journey of self-discovery looks like. 
Now to and and today I've given you some guidance, right? I gave you those five steps of reflection, deciding, making aligned choices, exploring yourself, and developing your social circle. I've also talked um, about several tools on this path on this podcast in the past. Like one of I think I've mentioned on here before is this idea of doing daily thought downloads. Pretty sure we've talked about that. And those are helpful ways of tuning into what's going on in your mind. Right. When we sit down and we do a dot download, like brain tell me everything, this helps to bring the unconscious into our conscious awareness. But I would love to hear the other paths and strategies you are all using to find the journey back to who you are. As always, though, I am available to assist if you need help navigating the inner landscape on your journey to self-discovery. As always, head over to jessicasmorrow.com. Get your your session scheduled with me. I would love to join this process with you. Until next time, my friends, stay open, stay free.